0: Hello, Truth, Lies, and Alibis friends. Happy Telecommunicators Week, or as we more easily call it, Dispatchers Week. As present and former dispatchers, Brittany, Kylie, and I wanted to celebrate this week by telling some personal stories. But let's start off by thanking all those first first responders out there. Thank you for taking the calls, working the radio, and helping people every shift. Your hard work does not go unnoticed. All right, so the first topic that we're going to do a little conversation about is is about working in the center and being in the center, the dispatch center, that is. So the first thing we're going to talk about is what was our favorite thing about working in the dispatch center? And I can go first if you'd like me to. Sure, go ahead. My favorite thing about working in the center was... Was working in a room full of people. And I know sometimes that can be tough because personalities don't always align and, you know, it's not always easy, especially in those high stress situations. But I will say that some of my most effective moments and the most effective I've seen a room of people is during the really high priority high stress stuff. So I've definitely, you've mentioned this before, I've definitely worked officer-involved shootings, I've worked uh, officer emergency backup needed, things of that sort of situations in which you shouldn't multitask anymore. Your entire responsibility needs to be paying attention to what your units are saying over the radio. We're lucky enough here, while I was working in our dispatch center, we never had any major active shooter situations and things like that in which we had like a mass amount of callers in danger. We never had anything like that. All of the high priority situations I worked were always my radios. So I remember my first officer involved shooting. I was like a month into being signed off and I came in for my shift at 2 PM and I picked up the radio and this one particular law enforcement officer was out in the forest and he had a contact, and less than 10 minutes into my shift, he called out a 998, an officer-involved shooting. He said shots had been fired, and he was in the middle of nowhere. I closed down the channels, which means no other units are allowed to speak unless they are working on this particular event. And my partner, who was working the other corresponding channel with me, got her units en route. And from there on, I didn't have to ask for anything. The room was taking care of everything else for me. The dispatcher that was working the fire department channels immediately had a call going to stage them. There was another dispatcher in the room calling adjacent agencies to ask for backup. I didn't have to I didn't have to worry about letting admin know cuz that's something that unfortunately we have to do all the time. <laughs> in the middle of all that, you have to let your admin know. <laughs>
1: Yes, because uh, you're not ha- busy at that time.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have to worry about all of that. I didn't. Units were on the way from my partner dispatcher. Medics were en route. Other agencies were en route. We had uh, helicopters being put on standby. All I had to worry about was talking to my officer on scene, getting as much information as I could, figuring out what was going on with him. That That's my first example. Unfortunately, I've worked other officer-involved shootings. But the same thing always occurs. Whether it's my radio or I'm somebody else in the room, as soon as something like that hits... We become the most well-oiled machine I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Afterwards, regardless of the emotional roller coaster you you go on because of a situation like that, I always looked back and was overwhelmed with my pride for the room in those moments because, regardless of whatever argument somebody had in the day or who's not talking to who and who's upset about this and that because it happens. As soon as a situation like that hits, all that goes out the door and everybody just hunkers down and does what needs to be done without being asked. It's, it's the teamwork. Like, it's that team. It's the, the epitome of teamwork. It's the best team I've ever been on. Yeah. I, I agree with you.
1: Like, that's what I think about is the relationships you build in that room and how well you can work together in situations like that. Luckily, I have never worked a 998, knock on wood. But I have worked multiple pursuits or where officers needed help right away. And just like you said, even when I was at the highway patrol, it's like just amazing because you're all in this room together and you're all working your different radios and you're all working your different phone calls. And as soon as something comes up, it's like the whole room hears it. And then yeah. they're, what do you need? And they're helping you. So, like you said, you can focus on what you need to focus on, which is keeping your officer safe and making sure he has all the resources he needs or he or she. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. I completely agree. What about you, Kylie? What's your favorite thing about the center?
2: I don't know. I think there's so many things to choose from, right? Like Mm -hmm. from teamwork to like personal relationships that you build, the knowledge that you gain, Mm -hmm. the pride you take from helping a stranger on their worst day. And it, and it, it could be nothing to you, but it's their worst day. And they'll never like they'll never really... A lot of people will never know who you are. They'll never remember your name. They'll never – you'll never – it's a thankless job sometimes, right? Like, you'll never really get the true appreciation that you deserve as a dispatcher. And I I do feel that way. Like, I think a lot of dispatchers, they give their whole heart and soul to this job, but they get, like, a fraction of the recognition that they really deserve. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but you have this sense of pride, not only are you helping your law enforcement officers, you're helping the medics or the fire department that you dispatch for, or whether it's like air medical companies that you dispatch for, whatever you're dispatching for, there's always that sense of pride every time you get to assist in something big, or even if it's just little, like you help. I remember another girl we worked with. She spent a lot more time than she probably should have trying to help somebody find a tow for their vehicle. It was like the most mundane thing this person but this person really needed the help they couldn't figure it out right so they spent a good majority of the first part of their shift helping this person find a toe staying Mm -hmm. on the phone with them and they eventually got a toe this person got picked up and that was the end of it and nobody ever really thinks about that but they put forth like so much effort for a toe and it wasn't like that big of an emergency it's just that person was stuck on the side of the road But I think the other, one of my other favorite things is, yeah, you build these relationships with the dispatchers in the room, Mm -hmm. especially during that crazy time you have this moment of, like, operating as one, Mm -hmm. and it's just, like... Like you said, you have this super proud moment and everybody in that room has contributed to making this event go as smoothly as possible and help gets to the right place. But I also really enjoy developing those relationships, not just with like the officers and patrol on the road or detectives, but with the other inner workings of the department. So like with records and figuring out like What the records department does or the warrants department does. Their job is also super, super interesting. I don't think people understand. Like, it's there's so much to a department and an agency that makes it run that people just don't recognize it. Dispatch couldn't do it without Patrol. Patrol definitely couldn't do it without Dispatch. So, you guys out there you that. know that. <laughs> how would they know where
1: to go? Okay.
2: I-, I could be a millionaire with the amount of times I've been told I could never do your job. I could but never do no. your job. But I'm going to tell you how to do your job.
1: So, yep. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what, though? One thing that I think was so awesome about the center where we all worked together was the training opportunities that I got to thinking about like people who say I could never do your job. I got to take this really awesome active shooter class for a week with the deputies and the PD guys. They just like kind of welcomed me in and had me do everything they did. And at the end of the training, they had to get up and do a teaching and they asked me to do a teaching too. Like I didn't have to, but they like included me in it. And that's something I'll never forget is they also, after that, I think too, spending time with them and hearing the dispatcher's point of view, it was nice to hear them say like... I could never do your job and thank you for doing it and including me. They asked me if I wanted to come do a teaching because they're going to put on an active shooter class. And I think it's really cool when you have the opportunity to learn all together and when they do recognize you and acknowledge how well you do.
2: I am not like in by any sense complaining. The agency we worked for, I think there was a good majority of officers that truly appreciated what we did. It's a give and take on both ends, right? Like mm-hmm. their job is frustrating. Our job is frustrating. And it's hard not to take things personally, even though they tell you all the time, don't take it personally, right? Yep.
1: We will never understand what they do completely, and they will never understand what we do completely.
2: There was those moments, though. And I think that's part of what I miss the most about dispatching was when I just got to, like, vehicle pursuits. This sounds so weird, but vehicle pursuits were probably some of my favorite thing to work just because of how cohesive. It wasn't just our agency, but how many other agencies just, like, seamlessly got involved and we're all working together and you kind of
1: get like an adrenaline rush a little bit from that stuff afterwards because you're like dang I did such a good job like you know what I
0: mean I used to get not teased but so the desks that we had were the standing desks And you could sit and you could stand. And some of the girls that I worked with regularly learned that in a situation like that, whether a vehicle pursuit, barricaded subject, anything high priority, I had to stand. So they always used to tease me that anytime I'd raise my desk and stand, they'd be like, uh oh, Jessica's channel's getting (laughs) real. She's standing. Watch out. I couldn't sit. I had too much adrenaline and energy. I was like, I gotta stand up.
2: Yeah. Like when I got to be a dispatch, like you just, you don't have to worry about any of the other bullshit shit right you just get to be a dispatcher and it's really great when you have like the room so you're working cohesively in the room and then the squad that's working you have that relationship with them too and it's just this amazing moment of just like even though we're not in the same spot we're all working together
0: so the next thing we have to talk about is like we've mentioned there's tension it happens you're working all the time sometimes with the same people and not everybody always gets along so how would you personally deal with tension in the center when you don't have one of those high priority calls to pull it all together and get everybody on the same page? How would you handle that?
2: Well, I mean, I I don't know, guys. Like, I feel like there were so many times that I failed at this because it's hard. Like, if it's something, th- sometimes it was, maybe I'll play some music or maybe I'll make a joke or I really like to to get people involved. So I would say, hey, like, I need help with this. Can you help me? Or I have this task and I can't complete it without like, what's your, what are your thoughts on this or something like that? But sometimes just depending on the situation, I didn't know if addressing it in that moment or on that shift was appropriate or letting every, because I know sometimes like when I get really frustrated and I can be totally out of line with it too, right? Like my frustration is totally like just not an appropriate reaction, but I need that minute to just calm down and just calm down right and then like and then i can think about it and be like okay well i definitely overreacted like why did i get so angry about that is it really because i'm mad at them or frustrated with them or am i just frustrated with like the situation that i'm in and the stress that i'm under and and sometimes i felt like in the dispatch center i didn't really get that because everybody's different personalities are different and there are people that want to solve it right now so then they come to your cat, and you're like dude like i just just leave me alone (laughs) Like i I don't want to talk to you right now (laughs) And then there were moments where... I was that person because I wanted to solve it and I felt bad, you know, like, so I don't know, like it was, I think it was hard for me also too, because I just, I wanted so badly to be not only like the best dispatcher I could be, but when I became a supervisor to be the best supervisor I could be. And I felt like there was a moment where I didn't have a lot of good leadership and direction on how to handle situations and I didn't handle them well. And and I'm not blaming anybody. Like I could have sought other directions. Or I could have handled it way better than I did, but out of frustration, I think I let me being self-conscious of myself or me being really hard on myself. I projected that.
1: Well, you're just human. We're all human. True. Even I if just, we're I'm- working such crazy jobs, we're all human and we're all different. You know, I think you did a great job of being a supervisor. Thanks. I could never do that job. Ha ha
2: ha but yeah um, I could
1: never do that job but
2: let me tell you how I would do it (laughs) or and there were times where people were so frustrated that I just went over there and gave them a hug there were moments where that's all I needed was somebody to just give me a hug and say you're doing a good job you may feel like today sucks but if all today all that you do today is breathe and you're doing great I don't know what do you what do you guys do because maybe I can learn.
1: I don't think I, I ignore sometimes <laughs> the tension, because I like sit in my own, l- you know, guys know, I would sit in the corner, because when I was comfortable, and it was the coldest spot in the room. And two, because then I could just mind my own business, kind of, there were shifts where like, Where when I worked with you guys, because we were friends, I could talk to you about stuff. But for the most part, I like to like kind of keep to myself a little bit. And then when there was tension in the room or if there was tension between me and another coworker, I would try to address it because I didn't want it to make things bad working with them. You know what I mean? Every day you have to remember we're all stressed out in there and then we can't hold anything against any each other because we're going to have to work together as a team. And in order to work right. as a team, I would go home sometimes and maybe I would be frustrated with someone and then the next day I would just have to start over. I just have to let it go and start over you know
2: yeah you just need to understand that like it doesn't matter how frustrated you are that maybe that person who's struggling is struggling with more than what you think and sometimes it's hard to keep that separate it's true it's probably at that moment where you're overwhelmed right and you're just like i don't know what to do so your body's just like i'm gonna release some tension (laughs) and it's called tears yeah so that's how i handle tension i cry i cry
0: a lot (laughs) (laughs) what about you jess So Kylie touched on it earlier when she started talking about hers. So before I was a supervisor, I didn't feel the need to address or fix tension in the room. I would keep to myself, do my job, talk to people who wanted to talk and carry on with my day. When I became supervisor, you kind of get that. Well, I should say some people feel that responsibility to keep an eye on the room. Those are your people you're working with. That's your shift. Those are your people. And one of the things was just, hey, if somebody needs a break, I'll take on whatever I need to to take on and let them do what's best for them for an hour, and then they'll come back and we'll be stronger. But when I became a supervisor and I kind of had a little bit more power, also by that time I had been there like seven and a half, eight years, and I, you know, have that like veteran feeling. I'm, I'm comfortable, secure, and confident in the room. When there was this tension and I was like, well, this is The day is what you make it. The job is stressful. It's always going to be stressful. Your day is how you handle it. So if I go into the room with a shitty attitude and I'm shitty to everybody else around me, not only do they have to put up with the stress of the job, but my shittiness is bringing everybody else down. Mm -hmm. It's making it more shitty. It's just more shit on the pile of shit. Yeah. So one of my own personal goals was every time I went in that room, I was going to be that positive force. It's just hard. It's not easy doing that. But if I'm having a bad day or whatever, I try and leave it at the door the best I can, fake it till I make it, go in there and remind people, hey, you're working with me. It's going to be okay. We're going to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Kylie touched on it earlier. Whenever there was those like really uncomfortable. (laughs) I remember I remember I had a four hour overtime shift and I came in at like 10 o'clock at night and I came into the room and you could feel the tension you walk into a cloud of it. Nobody is talking to each other. It's uncomfortable. I had no idea what happened in, earlier in the night, but I was like, "Bitch, I'm here on my day off. <laughs> I'm not working in these kind of conditions." So, like, I got signed in, pulled up a radio, gave somebody their break. First thing I did was turn on freaking Disney music because yes, I did. And within 20 minutes, the room felt different. It takes one person to change a room like that. All you have to do is get their mind off of it. They're not dwelling off of it. You're taking the shitty and you're making it better. Just give something for somebody to smile about. Whether it's singing Disney songs and being goofy, whatever it is, just I would try and lighten the mood. That's what I did. That's how I handled it. I would come in and tension and stressful things happened. So I was like, cool, guess it's what are we feeling tonight? 90s? Great. You know what? Let's put on Spice Girls. In sync. And in sync. And Britney Spears. What theme do we want tonight, people? I had my little Bluetooth speaker. I would set it up in the middle of our computers, in our middle of our desks, and I'd, I'd turn my Pandora Spotify or whatever, pick a playlist, and just have fun because mm. sometimes that specific job isn't fun. No. <laughs> the room is what you make it, your day is what you make it. You know, if somebody's still sitting in that corner, corner desk and they're still pissed off at the world that's fine but at least their shittiness is contained to their desk Mm -hmm. they don't need to infect the room you know
1: what i will say though is kylie did a great job at making sure holidays were
2: always fun around the center too yes i always will always remember yeah she did That was my favorite thing. People can tell you I appreciate you so many times to the point where it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Saying, sending out that email, I appreciate all you do at the end of your email every day. Yeah, you can say it, but it gets to the point where it's like meaningless. At some point, you have to show your appreciation. So when I became a supervisor, that was one of my biggest things was that I wanted whether whether admin helped me or not, I wanted my people, my dispatchers to know that I truly appreciated what they did. And so Mm -hmm. I would put it in my emails. I appreciate all you do. You guys are rock stars. Keep kicking ass. You guys are awesome. But I wanted to always do something within a month to show them that I appreciated them or you know, like they go above and beyond. So here's a gift card, go get a coffee, like it's a $5 gift card that I bought. Because I wanted to show you my appreciation. Go get a coffee on me. It would be like me bringing you a coffee to work.
0: But mm-hmm. instead,
2: you can go figure it Like, I won't fuck up your order. You can go get <laughs> yeah. a coffee. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so there's so much out there that you can do to truly appreciate your employees. But uh, employee appreciation is hands down one of the biggest things that... Mm -hmm. that you can do and that's a big deal
0: with that we'll kind of break away into our, our third topic so with everything that we've learned and picked up over our accumulated time what's the biggest piece of advice you have for other dispatchers or for new dispatchers
1: i think my number one piece of advice that i have learned is to always take care of yourself to remember to let the job go when you go home, because I know that's hard, especially in our line of work, just take a minute to breathe and like actually take care of yourself. And I know I could say this about every job and a lot of people say it, but you can be replaced. I know that's like horrible and hard to say, but like don't put your job above everything else. And that includes your mental health. I think we've already touched on this a lot, but as a first responder, you really need to take care of your mental health because the job we work is so hard and we hear so many horrible things sometimes and sometimes I think we kind of become numb to it a little bit eventually it kind of catches up with you so take care of yourself and make sure you put yourself first and just kind of check in with yourself sometimes and ask how you're actually doing and be honest with yourself and your loved ones if you need that help You know, Mm -hmm. I just think that's my number one. And also not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. Mm
2: -hmm. That's mine. So I was going to say to always, always be authentically you. It's going to be hard because you walk into a center where there's people that have been there for years and years and they take a ton of pride in that. Don't discredit your older your older dispatchers because they've got so much knowledge. And if they're grumpy, mm-hmm. man, like set that aside because those are the people that you're going to learn the most from. And those are the people that when they aren't there anymore, you're going to be like, oh, crap, I didn't realize they knew how to do that teletype machine like a pro or They knew what those ATLs were like, but always just be you. You're always going to walk into a place. There's always going to be clicks. There's always going to be gossip. There's always going to be drama, but you be yourself and you hold true to who you are. Because if you try, especially in this job, if you try to be what you're not, you're going to make it harder and you're going to try if you try to mold yourself into what you think they're going to you they want you to be you're going to get confused and it's going to be a hardship i know that when i look back at those 10 years there was a point in my life where i tried so hard to be what everybody else wanted me to be and if i had just been myself i i don't think that i would have gone through the kind of hardship that i just i put myself through so just always remember that you are the only person that you can be and you just be who you are supposed to be. And the right people who are supposed to be there in your life are going to be there. And you're still going to be able to do that job no matter how, like no matter what, because there's nobody else better than yourself. So you be you. Be you.
0: My advice is take your food home from the fridge, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, we're giving that kind of advice. Okay. It is.
0: It's really good advice. It is.
2: i should write myself
0: a post-it no your mom don't work there unless your mom does work there then your mom picked up after you enough already take
2: your shit home
1: and there's no house Uh. elves there (laughs)
2: that's all i can think of it on my last day i'm pretty sure i left food in the fridge (laughs) (laughs) so i'm sorry guys that's some really gross Tupperware.
0: <laughs> On a more serious note, though, I think I had to I had to scramble to come up with something new because both of what I was going to say had been taken. So I ended up with food. No, I'm just <laughs> both of those are really excellent points, right? You have to look out for you because nobody else is going to put you first. You have to put yourself first. Nobody else is going to do that. Secondly, you don't need to change yourself to be any better than what you already are. Be yourself. So excellent Advice. My piece of advice, I kind of touched on it earlier, and so I'll stick with that, is your day is what you make it. So if you're having a bad day, take a second, take a break if you can, take a walk, decompress for a second, and then come back into the room refreshed because if you're in a bad mood, you can help bring that entire room down with you. Or vice versa, if you come into the room and you put on a, a smile and you try and make the people around you happy, that happiness will spread. So you know you don't you don't want to be that that stinky container of food in the fridge that makes everybody else's food smell bad. <laughs> you know? Amen.